take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I am Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean, and this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Please check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Couplesynergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. Keep in mind that this podcast is broadcasted live every Monday at 6 p.m. Central Time on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. So join our discussion with questions or just to say hi. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 25 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of. With the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we welcome Steve and Stephanie Hotchman. Steve is a worldwide fitness and personal development coach. He is also the co-founder of the world's largest boot camp franchise, Fit Body Boot Camp. Thank you so much, guys, for being on our podcast today. This is going to be very exciting. We talk about fitness, right? <laughs> Thanks, for that. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite, coming quite a, at a good time for us to talk about fitness because we are under the weather. We have been <laughs> sick for the last couple of weeks. So run down. Yeah. So, you know, before we get in, into what you guys do, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? How old are you? How long have you been together? And what do you guys do for a living? Cool. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm 49. So I'll be 50 next year. Um, my wife, Stephanie, she's 40. Yeah. And so we met at my boot camp, um, at one of my boot camp locations, my OC Fit location. And, uh, you know, so this is all real talk on this relationship, on this podcast, right? So it when, is. when we met, um, I was married and she was in a relationship. And this is about nine years ago. And so when we first got together, um, we were both in relationships. I'm just being honest. Like, uh, yeah. you know, it's the truth, uh, you know, at the time I really believed. so I was in a, in a marriage since, since 2000 till, till 2015. And I really, it, it just wasn't a good one. It was one of those ones where we just, we just weren't right for each other. Um, and, uh, I was always feeling kind of, um, like my wife wasn't too into me really, you know? Um, I mean, it's just the truth. I didn't, I didn't really feel like she was just into me as a, as a, as a, a sexual part, sexual partner. That's weird. But like, as a, what the hell am I talking about? As, partner. as an intimate partner. Like I just feel like we had our own separate lives. And I thought like many people think you have to stay for the kids. So that's mm. what I thought. So I thought I was trapped in this relationship where I was hurt all the time, felt very just unattracted and unattractive. And, um, and I thought I was stuck and I thought like, well, you know, gosh, I really want to be with this person. And we just, we just started being together. But the thing is that I learned is that staying for the kids is the dumbest thing that you could do. Cause all you're doing is giving your kids the blueprint of an unhappy marriage. You're just showing them an example of what not to do. And a way better thing is to be with the person that you're supposed to be with and give them the example of of a loving relationship that's so healthy and so beautiful and have them set the bar so high for themselves, which is exactly what we did nine years ago. Um, And so, yeah, that's how we met. Yeah, we um, and I was like, like Steve had said, I was in a relationship too. wasn't married, just, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, But I was, you know, I had boyfriends in the past and they just weren't working out. And so the boyfriend that I had when I had met Steve was he was a really nice guy. There was nothing like wrong with our relationship, except for the fact that I just felt something was off. It was he was the type of guy that I, you know, veered from my typical type. And so I figured like, well, I'll give this a try. Nothing else is working. So um, I was with him, but something was missing. And so I, when I 
met Steve and actually started talking to him, I felt a little spark there. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> so we we just started talking and um, started like started dating and it just it felt it felt right. I knew I knew I was definitely missing something. And so I ended that relationship. And um, here we are today. Yeah. And, and, you know, like one of the biggest things that I learned also is that, you know, when I got married, I was pretty young and I, I really didn't know myself well enough. I didn't know what I required and what I could give. And, you know, the more you, you learn in relationships, you, you, you really know, like there are certain types of people. There's types of people that like their own space. They like to guys that like to go out with their with their bros. Girls like to have girls nights. I don't like that. I like to be with my person all the time. She's, she's my workout partner. She's my best friend. She's the person I go to for everything. I, if I could be with her 24 seven, I would be. And so, like, if you're with someone that's the opposite of that, that's that's a problem. If you're with someone that for me, fitness and working out is so important. If you're with someone who's not as passionate about you uh, in that area, that's a problem. Even the same TV shows. If you're with someone that likes completely different TV shows and they're watching on their iPad and you're watching on the TV and you're doing separate things. What I found is the more disconnects they are um, because of not knowing what I am, who I am, what I could give and what I require uh, it's hard to match up with the right person. So when I met Stephanie, I had done so much work on myself and I, I was a little bit older and I just really knew me. I really knew what I wanted. And I also really knew what I could give. Steve, at what point did you know that you weren't happy in the relationship before anything changed? Yeah. You know, that's a really good question. And, and going back, I really should have, um, it, I, I would say it was about two years in, um, and, and by then we already, you know, we, we had a baby at that time and I really thought I just had to stay for the kids. I didn't, I didn't quite understand. And by the way, if I could go back and do things different, I would have just said, this isn't working. Let's figure out how to not be married, but co-parent and, and have a, the best relationship we can. Um, that's what I should have done. And, and, you know, 10 years ago, I wasn't even the same exact person as I am today. Mm -hmm. um, like today that would never stand with me, but yeah, it was about, it was about two years in. So there was about a good 14 years of knowing it wasn't the right relationship. And on your wedding day, did you have any idea at that point or was it really not until the two year mark? And what was different about that wedding than this relationship? Yeah. On my wedding day, no, I, I didn't know. Uh, I also didn't have a lot to compare to. Like, I, I like again, I really didn't know me. So I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, and uh, it wasn't really until like about two years in when 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 we started having kids. And the difference with with this relationship was there was, there was a few things that were different. One, I, I really knew what I was looking for. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, during the time when we were together, but I was still married, it was a really tough time because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And one thing I noticed about Stephanie is like, she really just took herself out of the equation. And I could tell she just really wanted what was best for me, which, you know, I just couldn't, that really affected me so much that this person is, loves me so much that they're willing to put their feelings aside and I could just tell she was really just looking out for whatever it was that was my path. She wanted me to be on that path, even if it meant, um, you know, her not being together with me. Yeah. Can, can would, you guys, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Steph. Oh, I was just kind of going to add to that of, you know, at that time, um, you know, I was, I was 32 in relationship, never married in relationships that just weren't working out. And so when I met Steve and I just, I felt that he was, he was different. I knew this was different and I cared so much about him that his happiness always came first. And so I knew he was in this situation where he was really conflicted. And so I just, you know, I loved and cared for him so much that I just, whatever the outcome was, if we were meant to be together, we were meant to be together. If not, I just wanted him to be happy. 
What a woman, right? (laughs) Did it surprise you that you were able to do that? It it did. It did. But I, I felt like I was in this place in my mind. Just my mindset was, you know, these relationships that I'm in, it's just, they're just not working. And I don't want to force anything that's not supposed to be, not supposed to work out. And so that going into this, that's kind of, that was my mindset. Uh, I, I don't want to force anything. Like, I don't want to beg him to be with me. I don't want to be that that person. I want him to make his decision. And I want him to make a decision that makes him happy. Because if he's not happy and he, you know, leaves his wife and divorces her and he's with me, but he regrets it or has like a little thing that like in the back of his mind that I forced him to do this, it's just not going to work. Did, so. did you go through your own transformation where maybe younger in your life, it was like, don't leave me and pick me and, and to be coming like autonomous enough where you know you're okay by yourself, that if he d- chooses you, great. And if he doesn't, you're still okay. Yes, definitely. I was in um, a nine year relationship, which I mean, to be honest, should probably have only lasted about six months. So <laughs> it was you know, I was young. I was a freshman in college. He was a senior in college. He was graduating and we made it work. It was, um, he was living in LA. I was in San Bernardino County. It was about like a, maybe like an hour drive, um, on the weekends. And so I'd go see him, but we were always fighting. It was always fight. Always, always, always. I was always doing something wrong. And I was always like, it was always my fault. Everything was my fault. And um, we would break up and then two weeks later, we'd get back together and it would be me calling like, I miss you. I love you. I want to be with you. And um, so, you know, pretty much nine years of that. And I was just I was over it. I was exhausted. And so the last time it was just I was done. I was just completely done. And so it, and it was that. And then the relationship right after that one, same, not same thing because we didn't break up and get back together constantly, but I felt like I, I was putting in all of the effort. And again, it's like you look, you don't realize it until you're out of those relationships that when you, when you self-reflect. And so, and so that was at the point of my life where I was, where, okay, I've done a lot of self-reflection on this. And if, if it's just not there, it's not there. I can't force it. At what point in your relationship together did you guys know that this was your person? Man, you know, I, I really think it was when we were going through, we went through a lot of, of adversity in the early part of our relationship. And it's funny because we actually, okay, we actually love the show and I don't even care what anyone thinks, but we, we love the show. We love The Bachelor. We love we love uh, Bachelor in Paradise. We love Bachelorette. We just love watching people act crazy. But the, the funny thing is that when people say like after like a month and they're on this like in this not real world scenario and they're like, I love you. I want to be with you forever. We always laugh because we're like, you haven't even gone through anything with that person yet. You don't know how this person's going to act through adversity. Are they going to fall apart? What are they going to do? You've never been through a problem with them yet. We went through so much at the beginning, like my gym, uh, my all my staff, they found out that we were together. And it, it was like, obviously, I wasn't telling people, you know, and they, they actually found out. So I had to come clean with them. When that happened, I went home to my, my ex-wife. I came, I told her what was going on. I didn't want to put that burden on anybody. So we went through all this stuff together uh, through the, the whole divorce process, through um, like the kids and, and trying to like merge you know, my family, uh, like create a new family. And so we bonded so fast because we were able to see how each other did during stressful situations Mm -hmm. and that we never wavered. We were, we never lost our cool. We were always just a team the whole time. And, and that's when I just, I mean, that's one of the reasons I knew that this was my person. The other reason I knew, I always tell people this, all right. I go, look, your first date. All right. For me, at least your first date, should be a workout <laughs> and like it should be a very very intense workout because when you're doing an intense workout you cannot hide your two personality 
You're under too much stress, too much pain. You can't hide who, like, you can't hide who you really are. And so our first, I guess, date was a workout, um, like not at my boot camp, but with me. And it was a brutal workout. And uh, I learned a lot about her in that workout. I learned that this girl's a freaking warrior, first of all. Uh, she's so strong. And at the end of it, she's like, when are we going to do it again? Which never happens. Most of the people work out with me once and they're like, I'm never doing that again. And so through all that, I that really helped me to know that this was my person. And I got to say this because, you know, you guys ask like, when, um, you know, what if I didn't choose her? I'm telling you, like, she's, I'm lucky to be with her. Like it's been nine years and there hasn't been a day that I haven't woken up in the morning and just been like, I can't believe I get to be with this person. Like I, I'm a, I, one day she might wake up and be like, what am I doing? I'm way better than this guy. But <laughs> until that happens, if it ever happens, I'm going to enjoy every single day we have together. Uh, I just want to make that clear that I know like, me choosing her but the truth is is like i'm so lucky that she's that she agreed to be with me <laughs> how did you guys navigate the kids how old were the kids and how did you do the introductions and that's a great yeah. question what were they what was their age when we first was it like six and eight um, or something like that something like that yeah yeah there so so now my daughter so we have a son that's three together. And my daughters are now 16 and 18. So, so nine years ago, you know, it was 11, I think it's like 11 and nine or something something like that. that, So it was, it was a little tough at first because my ex-wife was a little upset and she told the kids that Stephanie was a monster and she's the reason we're not together. And, you know, it was one of those things. So it was a little bit of an uphill battle. And so at first, um, I would FaceTime with Stephanie when the kids were with me and they would just like, look, I just saw them. They would like walk by and look. And then sometimes they would jump in and just wave and like, you know, kind of run away or whatever. And then one day um, I asked the kids if they want to work out with us because we were going to work out and we weren't living together yet. And we were in an apartment at the time. There was a gym downstairs. I'm like, hey, we're going to work out. Do you want to work out? And my younger daughter went and worked out with us. My older daughter was kind of like, nah, I'm cool. And afterwards, my younger daughter was, or my older daughter asked, so tell me about her. How was she? And my younger daughter, Riley, was just like, she's really cool. I really like her. And then and then she came over for dinner and it was kind of like a slow progression like that. But now, honestly, the kids are like, dad, if you guys ever split up, we're going with her. <laughs> they, they love her so much. Um, it's crazy. Like they'll, they'll call her for advice all the time. They'll, they'll, uh, they, they really go to her and, and, and in our house, we're always like, I love you. I love you. You know, they'll, they'll bye. I love you. You know, it's, it's such a loving, just real family. And I, and I also believe that's why parents really do need to be the best version of themselves in, in every area possible for the kids. So like, for instance, Stephanie, um, she's very successful in the private equity world. Um, she's an executive. So she's, she went the college route and she's very successful. I went the business route and, you know, I'm, I'm successful in that route. So the kids come to us if they want to start a business, if they want to learn about money um, for fitness it's the greatest when the kids come to us for nutrition. Hey, is this okay if I eat this? Hey, when I'm working out, can you check my form? Is this good? Um, They see how we are with our, she has people that work under her. I have staff. So they see how we interact. So whenever anything happens, they'll like, my daughter just called us a minute ago and she's like, Hey, what should I say to my boss at work? Here's the situation. I just really believe like to be that example in all areas for your kids. Um, you know, not for yourself, but you can't give someone something you don't have. So I'm always aware of just trying to be the best in every area for a higher purpose than myself. You know, Stephanie, what was that, that early, those early challenges, what was those experiences like for you? Um, it was, it went a lot smoother than I expected it to go. (laughs) I didn't have kids at the time. We now have a three-year-old together, but I didn't have any experience with kids. I barely even held a baby in my life. So I had no idea what I was doing, to be honest. So I was I was very nervous. 
um, to meet them, to navigate. Okay. And especially when we, you know, moved in together, how do I navigate having two kids, two girls in the house, um, which I've never had to do before. So it was, it was all very new, but I was really, really lucky because the girls, as much as they could have hated me and I would have completely uh, like um, understood if they did, they didn't. They, they pretty much welcomed me with open arms very early on. Um, once we got them comfortable through the FaceTime and working out and doing that slow progression, they really got comfortable with me and really just kind of welcomed me in. And I appreciated that so incredibly much because I really just didn't know and what to do. And I was finding my place in, in this new family dynamic as well. And so it was, um, it, it was challenging just to wrap my mind around, but they helped ease, put my mind at ease really quickly. And so it was a really easy integration um, once we did move in together. And I found things that I could bond with them over, like doing their hair. I'm really good at doing hair, like putting like, little braids, little space buns, all this stuff that, you know, girl, little girls at the time loved. And so it was something that we were able to bond over where they would ask me if I could do their hair for school. And so we'd be in the bathroom curling hair and, you know, teasing it and doing all these fun, cool things with it. And so that's how we actually really bonded. Um, and it just kind of blossomed from there. And so there has been definite challenges along the way. Um, not so much because I've never really gotten the, you're not my mom, you can't tell me what to do, that that stuff is just more challenges of, you know, as the girls grow up, teenage girls are difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was more so that than anything else. Yeah. But, but. One, one of the things that I think really helped is that Stephanie came in and, and she was genuinely interested in them. Like she wasn't fake. I think a lot of people come in fake and they could be like, oh, that's great. You know, and they're and, and kids are so intuitive that if you come in and, and you're just being fake and you're just trying too hard. It, 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 they know. And she just was genuinely interested in them. She asked them questions. Um, she asked them what they liked. And if it was something that they had in common, they kind of talked about it and bonded over it. And I think it was just because she was so genuine and, and so interested in them um, that it, it really helped a lot. Yeah. Did, did, um, did they get caught up in their mom's emotions when you guys were kind of going through the separation and divorce and how long did the divorce last and have you guys resolved that? That's a great question. So um, they they were caught up only in the beginning until they really met Stephanie, mm -hmm. just because, you know, of course, they, they just heard that she's some monster, you know. Uh, and then what was it? I'm sorry. What was the question? If they got caught up in like soothing their mom's emotions and how oh, long oh, did the divorce process last? Yeah. Yeah. So so, you know. At first, the, the, the divorce lasted four years. It was a long. It lasted. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was four years. It was a long process, um, you know, of going through, you know, I have a business, so it's not like a W-2 type situation. So it, it lasted a while. Um, and, and of course, that was stressful. During that time, um, my older daughter stopped talking to her mom. Um, just a few things happened. Her mom... Her, their mom's a good person. She's not like, like some evil, bad person or anything like that. You know, she's like normal. She's a normal person, but, um, she just did a couple things. I guess she got really frustrated with my, my older daughter and kind of kicked her out of her house, you know, temporarily for a minute. And, uh, she had a boyfriend that my daughter really didn't like, and she was convincing her that he, she, she needs to like him and that, her feelings weren't valid. And it was just a lot of that going on. So she really didn't talk to my, my ex-wife for a year and a half. She just refused to go yeah. over there and I couldn't make yeah. her. And then, and then during that time, my older daughter uh, during COVID during 2020, uh, she got very depressed and, and suicidal and mm -hmm. it, it got really bad where it was, it was really scary. And we ended up having to, um, put her into a, a therapeutic boarding school for, for a year and a half because 
I, I really thought she was going to kill herself and she was cutting herself and doing all sorts of stuff. And during that time, we all as a family came together and we, you know, worked out whatever differences we had and, and we really just came together and it, it was really going very smooth. Um, you know, I mean, you guys asked, so I'll tell you, it was, it was going very smooth up until maybe like six months ago where, uh, my, my 15 year old, she was 15 at the time. She has a boyfriend. They're sexually active. Uh, and she wanted to have a sleepover at her mom's house with her boyfriend. And her mom was going to let them sleep in their room, in her, in my daughter's room. And I asked her if she could just really like, please not do that. I just felt really uncomfortable about that. I understand kids are going to do what they're going to do, but if we kind of make it like where it's okay, then mm -hmm. I think that sends the wrong message. And so she promised me that she wouldn't, but she ended up letting them sleep in the room together. And so I, I actually called her and I just asked her like, gosh, you know, I thought we had a, a deal here and she didn't think that it was a big deal. And, uh, and I asked her if we can't trust each other, it's going to be really tough to co-parent. You know, if we, we trust is the most important thing for co-parenting. And I think, I guess I kind of called her out on that. And, and since then, it hasn't, I don't know. It just seems like things changed after that. And that was like six months ago. So we are navigating this weird thing where we're like on our, at, at our house, we have the kids 50-50. Uh, My daughter's 18 now. So even though we have the 50-50 thing, she's here like 80% of the time. Um, but it is weird because there's no, there's really no rules at, at their mom's house. And we have structure and rules here. So we're kind of the bad guy a little bit. And, you know, that's okay. We're okay with that. But that's unfortunately kind of where we're at right now, where, man, for anyone listening to this, you know, it, it's really not about you. you. You really do have to put all your issues aside and just have your same common goal of like, what's best for the kids. It's, it's so easy because we can both look at a goal together. Like, what do we need to do to have the best outcome over there? And unfortunately, everything's good because we have so much structure here, but it sucks that it can't be that way. Um, I hate how when you ask that question, I can't say like, Oh, we're all good. We all get along great for a while. It was that way, but it's unfortunately it's not like that now. And it sucks that I can't say that it is. Stephanie, how is your role as a co-parent? How, how has that evolved over time? Yeah, it's um, you know, in the beginning, I, I stayed out of a lot of things just because, you know, it's, I'm not, I don't want to insert myself too much. These aren't, mm -hmm. I, I love these kids, but they're not my kids. We've got, they've got a father, they have a mother. I never want to take the place of a, a mother. I just, I don't, that's not, that's not my job. My job is to support Steve, my husband, and to be there and support the kids when they need my support. And so that's the stance that I took early on. And then as they got to know me a little bit more, it was, I, I, and as I started to feel a little bit more comfortable, it was more so, you know, if they were coming to me for advice, I'd give them advice and all of that. And then it was like, hey, can you clean up your room? Hey, can you pick up your, your clothes downstairs? Can you wash your dishes? So I started to get more comfortable in like the, you know, did you do your homework? Did you, you know, when they were here to just kind of give them that, like, like, I don't want to use the word mom, but like mom, you know, feeling here in our household of, you know, like making sure that the house is being managed and um, making sure that, you know, they have everything that they need, um, toiletry wise, food wise, all of that. So I started taking on more of that like mom role in this, in, in our household. And, you know, I still, to this day, I don't like, if I feel like I'm nagging them too much, I have Steve do it because again, they're not my kids <laughs> at the end of the day. I love them like they're my own, but I am not their mom. And I don't want to be that for them. I just want to help them and support them. So if I feel like it, like 
what they're doing around the house or how they're behaving or if they're giving us attitude. You know, I, I talk to them for sure, um, but I do let Steve lead the way. Um, and so that's I've kind of taken that supporting role for Steve, but I'm still there. I'm still present and I'm still like they still know where I stand in, you know, if they're behaving in a way that I don't appreciate or, you know, as Steve mentioned, everything that we went through with with his older daughter, Kayla, um, when she was going through her severe depression and um uh, suicidal ideations and all of that, and you know, going to therapeutic boarding school. I was I was right by her side the entire way. Um, I was on all of the therapy calls. I was you know giving her um, advice, asking her questions. If when we went to go when Steve went to go visit her in Utah, I was there by her side. I always make sure that I am available for those girls um, because I do feel that they need to feel loved and supported over here. They're over here half the time. And so I want them to, to feel that we're all part of the family together, especially since we've had a kid together now. I never wanted them to feel like, oh, I, I value RJ or our, our son more than them. I never want them to feel that way because that's not the, the truth. That's not the case. And so I always just try to make sure that you know, everyone is included in everything. And I'm always like going in their room, talking to them and making sure like, hey, how's your day going? You know, giving them that one on one time and spending one on one quality time with them too, taking them shopping or, you know, um, doing things just just me and them. Um, so they they have that support here. Yeah, I really appreciate your guys' candidness. A lot of times we'll ask that question and we kind of get the the light version and we know real people going through this stuff and it sounds very common from what we've heard. And I appreciate you even saying, you know, my, my ex-wife, she's a normal person, <laughs> but when we get squeezed, when we go through this kind of stress, we don't always behave well. And, and it's, it's mad. It's mus messy. messy. <laughs> it's messy. messy. So uh, back to something maybe a little more fun. How did you guys get engaged? Oh, um, so <laughs> So she, when we met, she was a member of my boot camp, right? And it's funny because I always joke that um, we sat down once and did a nutritional consultation. So I, I, well, I created my perfect one. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I, um, <laughs> but, but now she's got a personal chef because I do, I do, I do like ninety percent of the cooking. I'm like, dang, like you got a personal trainer, personal chef. You got, you got it all now. <laughs> you know, um, shoot, you don't have the gym, you know, know. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> But the way we got engaged was it was it was really beautiful. Uh, during one of the workouts, uh, there's these stations. So we had a whole boot camp full of people and I had the kids uh, come and work out. So we got to this station and there are these things called the assault bikes. And there's these bikes that are made out of pure evil. <laughs> yeah. And um, and on on the board on that station where it said what you're supposed to do, it said like, do this many calories, do this. And will you marry me? So, so she, she read it and she was like, you know, oh my God, you, you could just, you, the kids were just watching and waiting and you could see it. Cause we have it all on video and the kids are like, yeah, like they're just so excited. And then right when she read it, I got down on my knee and like everybody in the boot camp kind of knew what was going to happen. So it was, it was really nice. It was really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's Did you get down your knee using, you know, dumbbells? Like, yeah, yeah. I should have <laughs> lunged down on my knee. <laughs> Cracked open a kettlebell. <laughs> yeah. The gym, the I mean, his gym is, is, it's really special to us. I mean, we met there, we got engaged there. And then once we were ready to, you know, have our wedding ceremony, we actually did it at the gym. So mm -hmm. every is surrounded by that gym yeah and yeah so it's, well, you'll have to send us a picture we'll use that as the thumbprint that'll be yeah. really cute yeah, we will. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> so tell us about your business um mine so um yeah it's called so fit body boot camp is the franchise that i started that grew really big i sold that about 12 years ago and i started a different brand um that's not a franchise called oc fit and so it's just it's hit workouts um, you know, regular boot camp workouts that that just kick your butt in 45 minutes. And then and then after that, I started an online coaching program as well, which for me, that's 
that's what I'm the most passionate about really is, is just coaching people online and in fitness, nutrition, and mindset. Cause it all, it all goes together. And it's, it's funny because a lot of times what I do with parents is I connect them, you know, I always ask them like, Hey, do you, do you eat food that you're not supposed to eat right now? And they go, yeah. And I go, well, if I teach you how to, you know, if I teach you about nutrition, you're still the same person. And because you keep doing it for you, because your goal is to lose weight, that's too small of a goal. We got to connect it to a higher purpose. And so what I always do is I always just talk to parents and I say, like, look, when your kids are on their iPad or on their phone and they need to study, you tell them, like, hey, you need to you need to get off your phone and be a little bit more disciplined. But they see you knowing that you have these goals and you're not being disciplined and you're letting your emotions dictate what you do. And so I kind of just, I I make that connection to the food they eat to being the most effective parent. And I'm like, look, you're, you could be a very effective parent, but wouldn't you be a better parent if you had that example? And if you could show your kids and teach your kids um, and give them the basics of being healthy, fit, lean, and confident, you can't give them something you don't have. So when you're choosing that donut, you're actually choosing to not give your kids something that you claim, you know, they're the most important thing in the world to you. And once I, and it's kind of brutal the way I like break it down. And a lot of parents are like, oh man, you know, but once they make that connection, it's like the first time in their life, they stop looking at food to lose weight and they start looking at food to be a better parent. And, and, Stuff like that, it, it's the mindset portion of it. And when I see that transformation in the mindset, and then they're able to apply all the things that they're learning and then have a real life transformation and then affect everyone around them, I don't know, you know, I'm just so addicted to that. I'm addicted to that feeling of, you know, of, and I also know that's my purpose in life. My purpose is really to give the most value to the most people in the most ways. And it also, it also helps me to be the best version of me so I can give that version to them. So everybody really wins, but that, that's what my business is like um, right now. It's just fitness boot camps and, and online coaching. Did, well, did the online coaching start with uh, because of COVID or was it, did you start it before that? N- no, actually it's funny you asked. So I was coaching people online in business um, when I, when I started that franchise and I actually kind of blew up like too fast um, wh- where I got, really popular, really fast. I was making a a lot of money per month and, and it got, and I was in a sort of a bad place being in the marriage I was in and stuff. And, and I wasn't the person I am today. And my ego got a little bit, just not a little bit, a lot out of control. And I started thinking I was more important than I am. And I sort of lost my, my footing and my, and my, my, uh, my, my anchor of really who I am. And so I actually walked away from that, that whole thing for like 10 years. So I really just about eight months ago, um, you know, it, it just became so obvious that my purpose is to help the most people in the most ways. And without that, I'm kind of lost. Like that really dictates everything I do. It's like, even if I'm getting, even if we have a little argument in that moment, if it's about me, I'm thinking about my ego and I want to win this argument and I want to show her that she's wrong, but I can't give that to anyone as value. So in that moment, I, I actually have to solve whatever little argument we're having with compassion, with love, with uh, subordinating my ego so that I can now give that solution to someone else. I can't give someone a value of something that I'm doing wrong. So it really like this purpose of helping people online, it just helps me in every single way possible. So it didn't really start in COVID, but um, it just kind of like I was ready to get back online I was a different person. I really worked on myself for 10 years straight. And uh, it was just something that I was called to do. What does it mean when you say work on yourself? Yeah. So I, I really just, you know, I came, I came from like a, you know, like a lot of people come from like a really tumultuous, tumultuous, how do you even say that word? I have never even used that word. A shitty ass childhood. I had a shitty ass childhood. Like like my dad was like a con artist. So I had a pretty bad example, you know? Um, And like, I had, I actually, when I was younger, I grew out of it, thank God. But I had Tourette syndrome really bad as a kid, like horribly Mm -hmm. bad. 
And so I didn't have any friends. I wasn't like mentally developed where I should have been just because I didn't have those experiences. And, um, and so when I did become successful and then I went really successful really fast, it, it exposed a lot of weaknesses that I had. And I just, I, you know, I was blessed with this internal desire to always be better. And I really realized it was a lot of improvement I needed to do. So, you know, the first thing I did was I just got rid of everything that I couldn't handle. And, and I just focused on just being very humble and just opening up these gyms in a local area. Um, I, I actually listened to uh, a book that changed my life. One book that changed my life was Extreme Ownership from Jocko Willink. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that or not. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an ex-Navy SEAL commander. He wrote this book called Extreme Ownership. And it, basically the concept is, is that uh, a, a real leader, like leadership is really important to me, takes responsibility of every single thing that happens. So like, you know, when you're not taking full responsibility of everything, you're basically helpless to that, to that thing. And even if like, let's say a plane crashed into your house and you're like, well, how could I take ownership of that? You could take ownership of how you react to that, you know? So, so it's just extreme ownership. And I, and I heard, I read that book and then he started a podcast and I really was like listening to his podcast like every day. He was doing like three a day when he first came out. I'm like, I can't believe the stuff he's teaching is for free. And, and I, I really just needed that. I just needed that, that thought process of like, who am I? why don't I have extreme ownership of every single thing in my life? And I just really like took a lot of time to define what my values and standards were and just never deviate from them, you know, ever. Um, and of course I did deviate from them when I met Stephanie. Right. Um, and then, and I was still developing, this is nine years ago though. So I was still developing like really who I was. And uh, that, that's what I mean. I just, you know, one of the things that I do that I kind of figured out is that everybody wants happiness. They want perpetual happiness. And one thing that I kind of discovered through my journey is that perpetual happiness is, is impossible. And the reason why is because happiness needs contrast. So you can't have pleasure without pain, hot without cold, darkness without light. But what you can have is you could be perpetually proud. You could be perpetually proud of yourself, which is actually a higher frequency and feels better than being happy. So for instance, if your alarm goes off, you have to get up and work out, but you hit the snooze because it'll make you happy to sleep in. Now you owe a debt. So you have to pay that debt by when you do wake up feeling guilty, not getting the benefits of working out, just feeling kind of shitty about yourself. But when you hit, when you don't hit that snooze and you choose proud, you already paid the debt because the struggle, the contrast was getting up, which was hard. And then you worked out and you're proud of that. You already paid the debt. So you could really go through life and always choose being proud over happy. And that was one of the things that I, I discovered. So whatever I'm doing, I always go, well, is that going to make me proud or happy? And I always just really just choose what makes me proud. And that, that really did make it made a difference in my life. It's almost like a cheat code to life. Like if it makes you proud, do it. If it makes you happy, but not proud, don't do it. And if it gives you regret, definitely don't do it. <laughs> so that, that's kind of was, was my personal development journey. That's awesome. That's fantastic. It's a great perspective. And, mm -hmm. and you're right. Human beings were not designed to be happy. There has yeah. to be a contrast. We have we're designed to, to grow constantly mm -hmm. be reaching for something more. Exactly. Exactly. You need that struggle to grow. Yeah. So, so Steve, where can someone find out more about uh, your online work? Yeah. So I'm, I'm really mostly it's on Instagram. So it's Steve Hawkman dot driven. And uh, yeah, I post every single day on Instagram, um, all my mindset stuff, fitness, everything. It's like uh, it's like, you know, five hours a day of just uh, creating. Uh, really, I just share with everybody what worked for me. You know, I can't talk about something I don't know about, but it's funny. It's like, it makes sense now why I had to mess up so much in my life, why I had to go through so many struggles, because if I didn't, then I wouldn't be in the position to help people like I am. And, you know, I wouldn't understand. I wouldn't have this personal development journey that I could now share with others what works for me. So I basically just share everything that works for me for marriage, parenting, fitness, discipline, mindset, nutrition, everything, um, which is the easiest thing in the world. Just share, share what you know, share what works for you. And I, I really believe in like 
building yourself into the person that you are really proud of and admire, but then giving that person to the world. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's exactly why we started the podcast. Yep. To be able to share people's stories and the challenges that they've gone through and how they overcame those challenges. Yeah. So last question. What is it that your partner does that you know they love you? Ooh, gosh. I mean, you see this face? The fact that she's with me, I know she's got to love me for sure. But um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it's it's really just, God, I don't think it's like a one thing. It's just like, I just know she loves me by the way she looks at me, the way she's affectionate with me, the way she just touches me when she's near me, the way she always wants to be close to me. Um, gosh, you know, like to be honest, like it's funny, like today I was, um, you know, sometimes we, we have these moments where um, we're like six things will go wrong in a row. And, and you have that flash of like feeling just, like kind of horrible for a minute, like almost like everything's like today, everything just seems to be going wrong. And then, you know, you work through your process of, of, of being in the state of appreciation and all that stuff. But, you know, like she got me out of it in like two seconds, you know, she just really told me all the amazing things that are happening. And she's like, and she's like, you really just need to just, honestly, it does you no good thinking about those things. Those things don't even matter. Look at all these good things that are happening and that, that you've done and that, that are um, existing right now and just focus on that. I believe in you hundred percent. And it's like, I don't know, man, in that moment, I felt pretty darn loved, you know, um, I'm, I'm just so lucky to have a partner like that, but Hey, how do you know? I love you. I want to know. I want to know the answer to this question. How do I know that you love Well, me? I mean, how do you, yeah. How, what are things, what is something I do that makes you know you're loved? Oh, I, the things that he does that make me feel that I know that I'm loved is similar to his response. It's just, it's the way that he looks at me. Like there is just, it's, it's different. And I feel it. I feel that love in his eyes. And the, when he smiles at me too, it just, it, it just makes me feel warm inside. And I love that. And then also too, it's just like, it's the little things. Um, he he makes my coffee for me every single morning and he brings it upstairs while I'm getting ready for work. Um, if he's we typically intermittent fast, but if we don't, he comes upstairs. He brings me on the weekends. I'm in bed with with our three year old and he'll bring me breakfast in bed and with my with my latte. And it's like just the best thing ever. It's just those little tiny things that he does that. That I, feel good. I, know I knew I knew it was going to be something to do with like food. It. I yeah. knew it was going to be something. <laughs> <laughs> food, is, food should be a love language. Yeah. To be honest. Steve, Steve, we actually hear it a lot. Yeah. We hear it a lot. <laughs> we ask everyone this question. Coffee comes up quite a bit. Yeah, yeah but you're you're no making lattes. Yeah, lattes. No questions. You love food. That's for sure. <laughs> a way to a woman's heart. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's just you know when we when we're talking or if I have an issue, I know he's really listening to what I'm saying and he's really genuinely giving me really good advice. And I do appreciate that, that we can have, we can hold a conversation. It could be a silly conversation or it can be a deep conversation and I can, he he's in it with me. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing is like, I always tell people um, you should be the most comfortable with your partner, but don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable because like, like I make, I, I do like 90% of the cooking and, and Stephanie folds the laundry and does the laundry. That's, that's just kind of how our roles just kind of went. But every time I, I always thank her, you know, even though that's, even though it's understood that like I do this and you do this, she thanks me every time I make dinner, every time I, I make our, our food and bring it to her. And if I come up and she's doing laundry, I'm like, baby, thank you so much for doing that. Even though it's understood that that's just what we do. I think a lot of couples, they get too comfortable and they just assume the other person knows. And um, getting too comfortable in anything isn't a good thing. And then we randomly That's tell true. each other how, how proud we are of one another. And mm -hmm. it's just, you have to you have to remember to do those things of, so your partner knows 
hey, I really appreciate you. I appreciate all the hard work that you put in. I'm so proud of you and everything that you've been doing lately. I know you've been working really hard and I recognize that. Just recognizing that and knowing and telling your partner that, it it makes a huge difference it, to it, know that they're yeah. appreciated. It really does make me, like when she says that to me, it's like, I, it almost gives me like these superpowers. Like, I feel like I can do anything. I'm like, oh my God, like, those words really do matter. And I think um, a lot of couples, they forget, you know, they start off strong and then they kind of settle in. And I don't think we just, you know, I, being a little bit older, I just know, I just knew going in just never to settle in. I'm never going to settle in. You know, I, I don't, I don't want it to be so normal that I get to be with this amazing person. I, I, I want to like, appreciate that every single day and it feels good to appreciate it too it's like it's not like i'm forcing myself to to feel these feelings but it, it feels great to to remind myself constantly about how lucky i am and i just think like a lot of times people you know a lot of times people forget that and even in a marriage that's like going okay um and and you gotta understand i've been in the fitness industry for 25 years so i see a lot of wives um, and I see that they don't get appreciated very much. And then I see their trainer, like, I don't see this anymore, but I'll see their, I'll see their trainer, like really appreciate them. And I'll see the look in their eye, like, oh my God, I'm getting something that I've wanted for so long. And, and I, you know, I mean, I've seen it all. I've been around for a while and, and that stuff is real. So couples out there, like, do not, if, you know, if you're not in the right relationship, don't stay for the kids, get you know, the best you can leave that relationship relationship and find your person and then set that example. But if you own a relationship that you value, never take them for granted ever, because there's someone that's going to come along. I'm telling you, we're all human beings and we all want to feel loved. We all want to feel appreciated and we all want to feel important. I think like Dale Carnegie said, one of the most powerful human desires is to feel appreciated. It's not even like power or money or love. It's just to feel appreciated. And there's so many people that your, their kids don't appreciate them. Their spouse doesn't appreciate them. Their boss at work doesn't appreciate them. And then someone comes along who appreciates them. And it's a real test. Just don't even like leave the door open for that test. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, you guys, people have been sharing their stories since the beginning of time to bond and heal and grow. We hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your lives and the lives of our, our listeners. Great. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you guys so much. Us. We want to thank you so much for joining us today on Couples Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. For all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couples Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the home study course, the next Couples Relationship Enhancement Weekend, and our premier couples coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who can benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.